Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Hello everyone, and here is another episode of Two Guys, A League, and Guests, better known as Two Galag. Uh, with me, as Too always, is my co-host, Marty. Hello. Um, obviously, Mike yeah, here, uh, giving it to you the way you should get it. Um, big oh, show boy. this week, man. Mm. Big show. Yeah, that, yeah, that could go into the old two Gilly after dark, too. Could. could, could, <laughs> yeah. could. Um, well done. <laughs> so, as usual, we do have a jam-packed episode for you. Show brought Oof, to you boy. by the Hockey Podcast Network, of course, and our, uh, mm-hmm. our proud sponsors, DraftKings. Um, like, listen, Marty, there's a lot on the bone this week, man. Let's go. So yeah, we gotta go. Obviously, obviously around the boards, check my fanny beauties and the beast as usual, folks. Uh, and of course we're going to start like we always do, uh, with around the boards this week. And this is, this is definitely a mic pick here. (laughs) Big time, big, big time. So we're going to get into the Philadelphia Flyers right in there. Um, you know, through this podcast, Marty, over the years, <laughs> over the three years, three, two and a half, but into our third year that we've been doing this, um, your boys had to eat a lot of crow. And I know you have as well. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um, it, it, it's it's part of having a podcast. I think so. And you know what? I'm kind of eating a little bit of crow with this one, too. Um, because if you remember, we did get into the Flyers earlier on this year. Uh, yes. and, and I believe I speak for us both where, you know, we were talking about how some other teams were having a slow start, i.e. the New Jersey Devils in particular. Uh, I think we may have actually been having a conversation with Neil that episode. That's right. um, but either way, basically you and I kind of said, yeah, the Flyers are, will end up kind of, you know, settling in where they should, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seventh-ish, if you will, in the Metro. <laughs> well, fast forward to today. Yeah. And Mike's eating crow again. Apologies, Mr. And Briere. Joel, J- <laughs> yes, apologies, big time. And Joel, don't start getting friggin' uh, 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 gingerbreads dancing in your head there about Mr. Brock Nelson. I, I, yes, it looks like I may be eating crow on that. We'll get to that soon enough. Okay. So, moving on. Oh, yes, we will. Philadelphia Flyers. Here are the numbers as usual. Let's go. Record of 43 games played, 23 wins, 14 losses, 6 in overtime. That's for 52 points on the season, a .605 points percentage, 122 goals for, 116 goals against for a plus 6 goal differential. Third in the Metro, 10th overall, 10th overall in the NHL. What? Ranked 25th, <laughs> yeah, ranked 25th offensively, 2.84 goals for per games played. They're ranked 6th defensively at 2.70 goals against per games played. Power plays ranked 32nd. Good. 32nd. Lord. At 12.4. That's okay, though. <laughs> They're going to make up for it with the power play. A little bit. Or the penalty kill, sorry. Penalty kill, yeah. Penalty kill's ranked first at 86.8. Yeah. So, listen, I mean, the numbers the numbers there, folks, are basically a John Cordarella coached <laughs> hockey team. <laughs> These guys are phenomenal defensively, struggle offensively. Yeah. But because they're, they're so structured and so good on that defensive side of the puck, they can mitigate it. True. As is their plus six goal differential. They're able to kind of take care of that and kind of balance things out a little bit. I mean, 
it, it, it's always interesting to look at the metrics whenever you're talking about a John Tortorella coach team. And, and we just went over it. Like, I mean, it, it's so kind of night and day. I mean, the power play last. And the penalty yeah, kill. dead last. The best. It's just like, like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's one, one extreme to the other. And it's, again, John Tortorella, it's kind of not surprising, right? Now, listen, I mean, That's the right. big, big reason, <clears throat> folks, and I'll, full transparency here, the big reason I wanted to talk about the Flyers and bring them up this week was that Saturday night game against the best team in the Man. NHL, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Dude, listen, th- that, that win to me is big on so many levels. Two points, obvious, right? Two points in the standings, huge. But you yep. walked into Canada Life Center. You, like They didn't yeah. come to you. You went to them in their barn. The best team going. For the for easily the past two months, we're talking about the Winnipeg Jets, a team that hasn't allowed what what is it? they haven't allowed more than three goals or something like that in like well they're, they're one of the best teams at home. They've only allowed ninety seven goals against all season long, like, so they're one of the best defensive teams. Which showed the, the score still showed. Yes, Philly won, but they won two oh, yeah. nothing. Oh, they, so Winnipeg didn't necessarily go out and lose this. No, Philly came over and won this. In fact, took it like you said. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, like I mean, that's just a massive win. I mean, it's a massive win for the organization. It's a massive win for the players, and and that's in a in quite like quite literal sense. It's just all big, like you know, everything's there. Yeah. But for me, the biggest part about it, though, Marty, is the mental side of this, big time. Like, listen, obviously Tortorella has got a belief in that group. Yeah. Or or listen, sorry, they, but they wouldn't be sitting there with twenty three wins out of 43 games they're they're over 600 points percentage like this is this is for real here this isn't a joke like this isn't yeah exactly this isn't, oh you know what we've been pretty lucky here guys and you know let's see if we can keep no, getting no, lucky no, no, the no, second no. half of the season no no guys the numbers are there no uh, would they like to be better in the on the power play and maybe a little bit better offense yeah but you know what again we go sure. back to the whole thing about tortorella having a structure and he's able to mitigate yeah. ha- not having that kind of flashy offense but for again, mm-hmm. I go back to the mental part of it. Now these players, like, listen, you, again, you beat the best team in the league, and you did it in their barn. So, and and it wasn't even your quote unquote starting goaltender. It was Sam Erson who got that shutout. And we're yeah. going to talk Ooh. about him a little Oof. bit later on in the program and in the beauties too. So for me, it's just it's a massive win for that organization. I, I just can't, um, mm-hmm. I, I cannot put enough emphasis on that. Um, Aside from all of that, guys, it's there's just a lot to like with the group. I mean, you've got Konechny embracing a leadership role now. He's playing some of the best hockey of his career. Apparently, Absolutely. I want to say when, Tortore- Tortore- when Tortorella came in, I was reading a story where he basically sat Konechny down and said, listen, and this is as, and this is as the kid's a 25-year-old, listen, you're a leader in this locker room now. Oh. Lead us. Wow. And then basically, and, and you saw what he did at the first half of last year. And the reason I remember that is because I picked him up at the mid-season. Then there he you go. Shit. <laughs> so, so he's come back at the start of this year. Done the same thing again. I have, a, I have full confidence that we're probably going to see a better second half here uh, out of Travis Konechny. I but I mean, aside from that, Don Couturier enjoying a solid season. I'm not saying that this guy's ripping it up at no, like no. 1.5 points per game. But he's come in. Again, added some leadership, a guy that's been around there uh, uh, for a while. You know, things are going great here after some long-term inju- injuries over the past couple of years. 
mm-hmm. Farabee, Sanheim, Brink. Uh, you know, some of these younger guys are, I mean, Sanheim maybe not so young, but they're all beginning to show their, their true potential, right? Like, I mean, now we're starting to see the Sanheim, I think a little bit, a few of us maybe expected uh, over the course of some earlier years here. Um, going to the goal. Owen Tippett, second, second. Sorry, um, I just Owen Tippett. I just want to mention that he's got second in the oh, team yeah. with 15 goals. Uh, that's another guy right there too. Who for years we've been waiting for him to finally just sort of solidify solidify himself as the kind of player we all thought he would be. Leading, yeah. sorry, not leading, but second on the team with 15 goals, 26 points in 43. He's not ripping it up. Nobody is on this team. They're not an offensive minded team. They're a defensive minded team. However. They've got one, two, three, four, five players with double digits and goals, and he's the, he's one of them. So it's just to say that these guys are picking up the pieces whenever necessary. Obviously, the defense is there. We're, we're about to talk to goaltending, but you do still need people to put the puck in the net, and Owen Tippett is one of those guys right there, so that's good. Well, I mean, speaking of that goaltending, right, we just talked about Sam Merson really quickly, and I think we're going to get enough of Sam Merson throughout the course of the show, but uh, he's 11-5-3, GAA, uh, 9-10 save percentage, uh, and Carter Hart sitting there with an 11-8-3 record, 2.70 goals against average, and a 9-11 save percentage, so fairly similar. I mean, maybe goals against average a little bit better towards the Sam Merson side here, but uh, 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 save percentage roughly about the same, both benefiting, benefiting from a great defensive structure that uh, Tortorella has in place. So, I mean, it, it, it's insulating th- those young goaltenders, right? Because, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, Carter's like 24-25, and I think Gerson's 24-25 himself. I believe so, uh, yeah. So, again, you're, you're, you're insulating these younger guys, uh, um, giving them a chance. Yeah. I mean, just giving them a chance to to do what they do best. Uh, are, they, are, is there, are there some pucks going to get by them? Of course, just like anybody else. Uh, but, I mean, if you can give them a chance, they can show their true potential, and they're doing that right now uh, with that structure put in place. Last thing I want to point, on, uh, point out is Keith Jones, Danny Briere, and John Tortorella. That trio has brought back the Flyers culture to that organization. Good call. You can see it. It's It, all, it already shows. Um, I'm loving, the, I, I mean, for me, loving the, the, the uh, uh, Danny Briere pick of Matt V. Mishkoff at, I think, believe, what, what was yeah. it? I think it's seven overall. Um, listen. I just love it. He didn't dick around with the issue. He didn't uh, mess around with any kind. He didn't. Listen, my team is not ready to compete. We're okay to wait for a guy for three years. Thank you very much. We're going to take this guy who would normally probably be the first overall pick, maybe aside from a guy like Bedard. But, I mean, hey, they're in a good spot right now. And the best part about it is if, you know, if Breer does kind of decide to, for whatever reason, and I can't see why. I mean, he may add, but he's not going to, if he does add, it's not, these aren't going to be major pieces. He's just going to add that kind of, you know, third liner, maybe a fourth liner or an, uh, a depth defenseman. Um, but if he does decide to to sell off, I mean, the team's only going to get that much better for it. So, well, and that's, seeing you, you bring up an interesting. You're playing with house money. You, you're playing with house 100%, money. 100%, right yeah. You, and you bring up a good point. Like, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about because, especially in the two goalies that you've got going on right now, Carter Hart and Sam Earson. Now, these two, Carter Hart has been the face of the net for the Flyers for, the, for as long as he's been there. And he's still considered to be the face of the future as well. Rightfully so. Carter Hart has absolutely earned that right. It's all good. How? Sam Earson. He's going to be a restricted free agent after this year. So now you have a decision to make because you can decide, like a lot of other teams have decided, to go a, to go tandem style. The rest, like, so give what you give Erson maybe another contract 
or do you let him walk or do you try to cash in on his success right now because so many teams are having an issue with goaltending you can send him over to Toronto you can send him over to New Jersey there's several teams that'd be more than interested definitely worthy of a, of a few phone calls anyways so in the concept of I know we haven't done it in a while but um, we're doing it quickly these days it seems in the concept of who are you do you stand pat do you do you hold firm with what you have because Let's take it back for a second at the beginning of the season. Did you think that management felt that this team was going to be where they are right now? Do you, did you think that they're going to the season thinking, we're making the playoffs this year? In my opinion, they did not. Today is different. But back at the, at the beginning of the season, I don't think they wanted to. That's not that they didn't want to, but just that their intentions were not to make the playoffs. That's why they picked yeah. who they picked at the, at the draft. They knew uh, yeah. uh, Mitchkov was not going to be around Anytime soon, they're willing to wait because they knew there weren't going to be playoff contenders. So that would suggest to say that this year, they're this year's New Jerseys, where they're really overachieving. They're way ahead of themselves. They've got the young yeah. pieces. Their core starting to come together. It's starting to make sense. There is now um, an identity with this team, thanks to John Tortorella. They're a defensive-minded team, but they've got some offensive pieces out there that can potentially go out and get them. Now, do you stand pat? Do you hold on to Erson? Or do you cash in now? Because you can cash in big with a guy like that on either more future pieces or a piece that fits the long haul today. Like a player that maybe you wouldn't have thought was necessarily achievable any other time because now all of a sudden it's fun to play in Philadelphia. So what do you do? You know what? I mean, my initial reaction, if I'm being fully transparent here, would be to stand pat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? What we got going on right now is good. And, and I'm kind of looking at this, you know... And, and may, maybe I'm off a little bit, but if I'm sitting there and I'm Briere and I'm Jones, and you know what? If they're listen, they're third in the Metro right now, tenth overall. So if 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 they're anywhere even near that, okay, like if they stay in third in the Metro and let's say twelfth overall, thirteen, fourteen, right. fifteen, whatever. I mean, you're probably moving down the ranks in the Metro at that point too. But uh, my point is, is if they're basically kind of. Um, um, holding court here and we're three quarters of the way in the season or if we're kind of a week two weeks out from the uh, uh trade deadline i'm probably adding and now i'm not adding to the point where i'm uh pulling from uh my assets that i've built up here over the right the, the last little while uh you know i i know where my team's at i know it, at best uh we're overachieving um but I would at the very least want to send a signal to the players and say, you know what? You guys have done a pretty phenomenal job here. Uh, and again, I'm not going out and I'm not getting uh, a Jacob March Markstrom and, and throwing uh, two first round. Like th that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about maybe going out and getting a, a cheap defenseman. Maybe, maybe if you could throw a third round, uh, I, I don't know if I'd play. I, I'm, literally, I, I, if something costs me a first or a second, I'm probably not doing it. And I'm sticking to Pat 100% and not even doing anything. Okay. So no high pit, no high picks. Uh, you know, we get what we got going on right Do now. Do you trade good. Erson? If I'm gonna, you know what, I'm keeping them. I'm really? keeping them both. Okay. I'm keeping them both. I'm, I'm keeping them both because you know what? I think right now, Carter Hart's kind of had it. He's kind of had it to the point where it's basically been his net for since he kind of jumped in here. Right. And I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he got comfortable. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I studied this guy a fair bit here before drafting him when it, you know years ago, 
and he's a sports psychologist, the whole nine yards. So I'm sure he's a pretty even keeled guy that way. I don't think he was walking around thinking he was all that in a bag of chips. Right. But what I do feel Urson's doing is Urson's coming in, better goals against average, kind of pushing him. If I'm not mistaken, Urson's got more shutouts than he does as well. So in does in a it. limited capacity, you know what? You can't even really say a limited capacity. They're kind of playing the same amount of games here too. They're getting close, pretty close. So yeah, for me, for me, for me, I'm wondering if you're building kind of a nice little uh, Linus Almark um, uh, and Jeremy Swayman kind of thing going Jeremy on. Jeremy Swayman, here. yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Not so bad. You know what? Let's go with it. Let's go with it. It's 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 working out for us again. What I would probably do short form here, <laughs> getting long winded, but I'm staying <laughs> pat. And if I do add, it's adding to the point where you're not taking anything away from what you're trying to build here in Philly. And they're nowhere near finished any kind of a rebuild or retool or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's that's where I'm at with this team. And I agree. I think at the end of the day, you keep you keep them and you hopefully resign them in the in the uh, in the offseason. Um, probably something along the lines of like a three-year term kind of thing, just to keep that pressure on Carter Hart. Let him know that, like, listen, the net is yours. You are number one, absolutely. But don't think we're not interested in winning. Of course we're interested in winning. So we're going to put ourselves in the best position possible to win. If that means a little healthy competition right behind you, then that's going to help all of us. So let's do that. And I, and I agree. I think that's the right call. I don't care who picks up the phone and calls them and offers them whatever. I think you keep them. And, and you look to re-sign them in the, in the, uh, in the offseason. Now, the flip side of that is like if they decide to let him walk, because you can attribute a lot of their success this year to what Earson has done. So you remove him from this equation and you throw in, let's say, you know, I, bad example, but maybe like a Martin Jones or something like that who at one point, you know, did save them a little bit, but... It was never obviously able to carry them to playoffs, but that's my point, right? Yeah. You you put a Band-Aid on that, a Band-Aid goalie in there. You're not in the playoffs this year. There's not enough there for them to make it to the playoffs. So he he got that he got that he got you guys where you are today. So you kind of need to respect that a little bit. So I don't know that I would necessarily want that to walk. Um, so you got to, in my opinion, you do well, you got to protect mean, him and you got to look to resign him. I think they're in a pretty decent spot too when it comes to the cap situation. Listen, I I do not pretend to know what what they're at or near uh, at this present moment. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, they do have. A oh little, gosh, I don't think they have anything massive on the books here. I th so I think they've got a lot of room to no. kind of play around with, yeah. you know, who they want to sign, who they kind of want to go forward with, and yeah. again, in regards to that tandem, I th I think you got a nice something kind of good going on here both are young yeah. um you know yeah. you can you can have every anything from an all mark swayman thing going on you could have somebody kind of really start to uh, uh solidify themselves as a true number one yeah and then of course you swing to that guy trade the other guy maybe get some more assets down the road do you grab a, a d whatever the case yeah. may be at that point um but i mean uh, you know for, for any philadelphia flyer fans out there and we're talking directly here to you ryan um <laughs> You're you're in a hell of a good spot. I mean, you are overachieving, uh, yeah. um, way ahead of where anybody thought you were going to be. True. Um, I, I, again, I think if you decide to do anything, you're just kind of throwing a little bit of a bone at the group that's kind of done this for you and gotten you to where you're at right now, and say, you know what? Here's a little something where it looks like we're heading to the playoffs. Let's kind of help the group out a little. Again, uh, I reiterate. 
I I am not taking anything in regards to a first or second out of out of my playbook. No. If anybody's looking for that, go look for it elsewhere. It's yeah. not happening. But they're in a great spot, just flat out. I mean, rather than talk circles around the Philadelphia Flyers here, they're they're in a great position. They're good. Um, and it's going to be fun to see what they're what they're going to do here towards the deadline, um, and see if they're going to kind of push a little bit or uh, see if they're going to kind of yeah. continue to grab assets like they have over the last little bit. We all do like to grab some assets, don't we? Oh, what? don't we? <laughs> what? <laughs> Inappropriate. Sorry. Next up, my man. Next up, we got a Colorado powerhouse. A yeah, powerhouse, a little bit. Eh? The yeah. Colorado Avalanche. Oh, my God. I mean, look, Let again, here's the numbers, folks. Let's get into it. Record of 43 games played, 28 wins, 12 losses, 3 in overtime. 59 points on the season. A 686 points percentage, 158 goals for, 132 against for a plus 26 goal differential. They're second in the Central Division, fourth overall. They're ranked second offensively at 3.67 goals for per games played. Ranked 16th defensively at 3.07 goals against per games played. Power play is ranked 8th at 25%. And the penalty kill is ranked 9th at 83. Um... I mean, for me, what this is coming down to here is the Colorado Avalanche are starting to look dominant again. Yeah. Now, I will stop right there and say that this writing was done before the news came out that Valerie Nishushkin is now in the player assistance program and will be out indefinitely. That's a massive piece to what's going on out there in Colorado. Yeah. I don't care which way you look at it. Yeah, he's not one of the quote unquote big three. One of the scoring leaders. In my per, but in but in my personal or a core four or core three, whatever. But my personal opinion is that he definitely at this point is, especially with Landeskog out. He's he's a he's a big piece. He's part of that yeah. big time right now. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next two three weeks here how things shake out in regards to him not being in the lineup. Somebody like a Jonathan Drouet. Somebody like a Logan O'Connor, we're looking at you to be stepping up here over the next couple of weeks in his absence. Um, but yeah. I mean, look, aside from the news on the Shuskin today, these guys have put the league on notice, man. Like they're you're you're getting that Stanley Cup uh Colorado Avalanche feeling right now. Uh that first line is absolutely dominating <laughs> right now. It's just crazy. That game yeah. against the Leafs the other night, was it Saturday night? Leafs come out to a 3-0 lead. Bang. 5-3. Thank you very much. See ya, Toronto. So it's just, like, I mean, it, it was it was something to behold. Like, I mean, the big boys came out and really flexed their muscle. I mean, look, I, you've got McKinnon's. This is in the last 10 games played. McKinnon's 5-11 for 16. The big moose, Rantanen, 5-8 for 13. Nishutkin himself was at a point per game, 7-3 in 10. Uh, in 10. And McCarr was just one shy with one goal, eight assists uh, for nine points in 10 games. So y- your big guns are getting it done. They have all season and have kind of kicked it up a notch here over the past 10 games. Yeah. Drouet, Jonathan Drouet has been a revelation the past few weeks. 10 points in his last 10 games uh, while playing almost 22 minutes, dude. So wow. Bednar is starting to lean on him, uh, you know, and now with Nishushkin out, I mean, this guy's no, going to get to. He's top solid, line now. a solid, 
Well, I mean, he's getting that 22 minutes. You can probably end up seeing a little bit more, a little bump here over the next little while. Um, I mean, look, he's he's what they've needed. Like, he is definitely what they needed secondary scoring because that was one line team for a bit, bud. Now, they were they were getting the job done, but they were definitely a one line team. And that becomes more difficult when it gets to the playoffs. I'm not saying that you can't kind of get the job done. No, at, but at a yeah. fairly easy rate in the regular season. But boy, oh boy, yeah. like, I mean, it's a case where you need depth. It's nice to see. Yes, yes. And I I, I was checking uh, Daily Face Off the other day. And uh, I think Logan O'Connor, I don't want to, he's not close to a point a game, but I want to say he's been producing at a decent rate here over the past 10 games, too. So uh, when you can get some of that secondary scoring to help out, uh, it does go a long way for sure. Uh, another guy I got to mention, though, Marty, uh, a couple weeks back, we had uh, um, Devin Taze uh, in the media basically right. call out that entire lineup. Uh, and, you know, for, for me, that showed a lot of leadership because, um, you know, his game wasn't exactly uh, phenomenal at that point either, but takes a lot of guts. Uh, and, and you got to yeah. know that room. And obviously he did. Uh, Stanley yeah. Cup champs down there. So he, he knew what buttons to push. And I think... I got to be honest with you, ever since, you know, he came out and said that they've kind of been on somewhat of a heater here over the last little bit. So you got to give it to him, uh, you know, read the room, uh, pushing the boys, get, getting them where they need to be. Yep. Uh, you know, now, you know, uh, I, I think the rest of the team would like him to push uh, maybe Georgiev's peripheral numbers a little bit better, uh, seeing as he's at a 2.89 GAA and a sub 900 save percentage. But that's one of those situations, though where the team's able to mitigate uh, any kind of flaws in, in the goaltending, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least let him find a little bit more of his game over the next little bit. I mean, the record is still pretty pretty awesome. So, And that's the thing. It's like, look at that record, and then you look at the goaltending. Yeah. They're doing it with sub-902, sub-900 uh, goaltenders, uh, and yeah. one barely below three GAA. That's their goalies for you, and that's their offense. That's what that says. Well, I, I <laughs> mean, impressive. he's 24. He's got 24 wins and nine losses, two in overtime on the season. So, okay, the peripheral numbers yeah. maybe aren't where you want them to be per se. Uh, I mean, in our particular league, let's call it what it is. It wouldn't mean a goddamn thing. Nope. So <laughs> it's the wins. It's the wins that are everything here. So in this case, that's I it. mean... If I'm Scott, are you stopping I, enough? Hey, just cool. enough of them. <laughs> like, dude, stop just enough of them. Give me the wins. And that's exactly what he's doing for that team. And, and look, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing super well. Uh, I'm regardless of, of all the, uh, the, uh, negative stuff going on here with the Shushkin having to be out of the lineup here. And of course, you know, uh, Landis still on the shelf. I mean, they're still getting it done. And I mean, all this without, uh, you know, guys like Le Lekanen, Byram, uh, you got Sam Gerrard, of course, that just came back. He himself from the uh, player assistance program as well. Uh, and, of course, Landis Gog, uh, um, we're hearing that uh, he may be back for the playoffs as well. So, I mean, the, about the only other question that I have for them is, uh, will they add at the deadline? And will that add be uh, Elias Lindholm? 
out of Calgary. Uh, hearing a lot out of uh, out of Colorado for him. Boston, of course, has been in the running for that as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see here. But boy, oh boy, Cal- uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche have certainly uh, put the league on notice here with their play over the past three weeks. And uh, I'll tell you what, Marty, um, everybody better start to, uh, uh, stepping up and taking notice. And this is the only thing that I – and this is prior to the uh, Nishuskin news – my issue with Landis, the conversation about Landis Cog, right? Like, oh, he could be, he could mm-hmm. be healthy enough to and come back in the playoffs. My my understanding is that if he was to come back, it would be in in time for the playoffs. Now, does he get a couple of games in the regular season and then it's into the playoffs, or does he jump right into the playoffs? Um, before the Nashuska news, my opinion on that was like, eh, eh, don't do it. It's not necessary. Give him the whole time off, as much time off as he needs to make absolutely certain that by the time he does come back and it's next year, this way here he's not disrupting the chemistry. There's nothing. I'm not suggesting that he would necessarily, but why mess with a good thing? You're one of the best teams in the league. You've done it without him all season long. You're going to insert yeah. him in yeah. because you think we're okay. He's, uh, you know, Landis Cog equals W's. Okay. We'll put him in. Then he gets injured again. Now you got to restructure again. Like, do we need to do this? Is it really necessary? You don't need to right now. He has had so many injuries and so many issues with coming back. Why not just give him the entire fucking year off, including the playoffs, and start over next year? What's wrong with that? Why can't we do that? Now, with Nashuskin being out, with, with his situation and a giant question mark as to when will he actually return, it changes things a little bit, in my opinion, for me. Because of how well Nishuskin has been playing for them. He's, you know, the only person who scored more goals on that team than him is, is Mr. McKinnon. So that tells you of how important Nishuskin. Yeah. It tells you how important Nishuskin actually really is to this team. You remove that. And for God knows how long, let's say it's extended. And let's say it's around the time where Landis feels healthy enough to come back in. Now I'm saying, no, go ahead, put him in. Because you've, you're still without that piece, Landis God could be that replacement piece. And then when Nishushkin comes back, like you've already made adjustments now at this point. Now the adjustments have started because of what Nishushkin has, um, has decided and rightfully decided. This is the time to do it for himself. Good. So but the team needs to adjust. And now as you're looking at the line combinations, they have adjust. Jorian is now on the top. Uh, you pronounce his fucking name. Joel Kervranta? <laughs> is, that, is that how Kibbe you spell Kibbe it? Kibbe or na- pronounce it? Kivy Ranta? Kivy Ranta. There you go. Perfect. So he's now on the second line. And then Cogliano on the third and McDermott on the on the last on the fourth line. So there's been adjustments made already now. So now you're already into adjustments because of injuries or personal issues, whatever it is. So, okay, so we're making those adjustments. They'll probably survive. They'll be totally fine. Everything will be okay. And then by the time, like I said, Landis Cog feels like he's ready and Nushushkin still isn't back. Okay, go ahead. Insert him. That 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 would be right. I'd be fine with that. I mean, yes, the the, the, Nish- the Nishushkin thing does kind of derail things just a smidge. Yeah, like a, it does. They, these guys been click. They've been clicking so well, so well. Now, oh, listen, yeah. I'm not saying that somebody else, maybe Drew or maybe O'Connor. Listen, it's not going to be the same level. No, but can but can they can they hold? Get the W's. Can you? Can they, are you still winning? Can they, you know what? Exactly. Are you still exactly. winning? Then it's not a problem. That's the thing. I mean, as long as these guys can kind of just slide in, get the job done, take a little bit off of those big guns, just yep. a little bit. Yep. I, I mean, you, you still have, you still got, got a lot going there. So, 
they're in a great spot. Nishushkin kind of sucks. It really <laughs> kind of puts a little bit of a damper on on what's been going on for them yeah. uh, over the last little bit. But again, we are talking about the Colorado Avalanche. It's a team that can kind of get over the hump with the with the fact that they have these elite players in the lineup, yeah. right? I mean, when you've got listen, you can almost put some lunch pail guys throughout the whole lineup beside uh, Ranton and uh, uh, McKinnon and uh, Taze and McCarr alone. Yeah. So, but listen, they're going to be just looking at their be able to get the job done. Just looking at their IR, like Landeskog, Lekkinen, Byram, uh, Byram, nuts, sorry, man. and Shushkin. They're all sitting there, and they're all going to come back. That's like yeah. getting that's like getting a midseason trade, man. All of a sudden, like you can in, yeah, reinsert man. these guys back into the lineup. Like holy shit, for the stretch run. Okay, now we're talking. But again, my point going back to Landeskog was that my concern is more about. Two things. One, the chemistry at the time didn't need to be disturbed. But two, every time Landis Scott thinks he's ready to come back, he gets injured a week later and he's gone again. Like, why not just give him the full rest? You don't need him. That was my original point on this. But with the big hole that Nishushkin's absence brings... It changes the game for me and my perspective of what Landis Scott could be because... Let's... I mean, Landis Scott's a great player. If you can insert him, then I guess fine. I guess that would be the time to do it. But again, if Nishushkin's back, I I would still say no. Keep Landeskog out. Make sure he's make sure he's one hundred and one percent before you put him back into the lineup again because he's he seems pretty fragile at this point. I know I've talked to a lot of fantasy managers that have completely given up on him. They don't care how many times he might come back and you know score ten points in his first eleven games back. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't want him. I don't trust him. And probably a lot of Colorado fans feel the same way about him too. So. That's kind of where my angle was for that. Well, I mean, the nice thing for all us hockey fans, right, is this will definitely be, I mean, it's it's, it's a team that we're all going to keep an eye on anyway just because of all the stars, yeah. right, and fantasy relevant. But, I mean, at the same time, as a hockey fan, this is definitely going to be a team that we're going to keep an eye on over the second course of the season. Yep. We're keeping an eye on everybody. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Even more so these guys. One of the playoff because teams, of all man. of the stuff that's going on. <laughs> exactly. One of the playoff teams. Yeah. What's going on with Nishushkin? Are they going to add at the deadline? Yep. Lots going on there. Sure. When do these injured, injured, injured players come back? Yep. When does Landeskog, their captain, come back? The whole nine yards. But you know what? Uh, there's definitely a lot of meat on the bone here when it comes to the Colorado Colorado Avalanche. And we'll see how, how things turn out here over the second half of the NHL season. Um, we're going to jump in to check my fanny. But of course, first, we're going to take a short commercial break. And we're also going to hear a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. This week, I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs coming in at plus 130, taking on the Edmonton Oilers coming in at minus 155, and also the Montreal Canadiens coming in at plus 190, taking on the New Jersey Devils coming in at minus 230. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 
789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we are back. Bonjour. With... Check my fanny. Check the fanny. Now, Marty, yeah. it's 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 a pretty it's plump, it's a pretty jam packed round. Oh, yep, she is. She is. <laughs> um, lots going on in the league right now. We are currently in the midst of our uh, midseason draft. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, the system of our um, our uh, fantasy league. Uh, we do have an entry draft at the beginning of the season. Uh, we are not a daily fantasy um, league. We are weekly, so it's a head-to-head weekly matchup. Um, we're eight teams in the league. Um, mid-season, basically in mid-January, uh, right around there, we will hold our mid-season draft. That's our next spot where we can, aside from trades, uh, that's our next spot to pick up players. Uh, and of course, there's usually a mad dash uh, before the trade deadline as well to beef up just a little bit uh, before that comes around. So uh, this is a pretty big, uh, big spot for everybody. You can kind of change the outlook of your team a little bit if you're a contender. Um, obviously, you're going after some of that youth if you're uh, one of the bottom end teams. Uh, so there's been a lot of uh, action going on, uh, both with made selections and of course, uh, um, trading going on. So uh, we might as well get into a couple of these trades here. Uh, they lead into some of the uh, uh, the midseason picks. So uh, one leading up to the midseason draft um, was the Pond Hogs uh, getting the Demons' first round midseason uh, this year in 23-24 uh, and also getting the Demons' third round entry in 25-26. The Demons uh, add to their uh, stable of young players in acquiring Nico Heischer. Uh, so that deal was consummated just before the draft. Uh, in addition to that, we got the final details of your trade with the Pond Hogs, Marty, yeah. uh, last week. So just as a quick reminder, everyone, the Brigands got um, uh, Ville Husso, Mikhail Sergachev, and the Pond Hogs third round entry draft pick in the 24-25 entry draft coming up in September. Uh, the Pond Hogs received Mika Zbigniewicz, uh, Brent Burns, and the Brigands first round uh, midseason uh, pick in 24-25. So there was just a couple of picks here that we were kind of getting out of the way. Uh, that we did not have last week. Um, uh, today, I made two trades uh, while the uh, while the draft was ongoing. Uh, Marty and I came together and made a small deal. Marty got his seventh round entry draft back uh, for 24-25 coming up this September. And I received Jacob Markstrom, uh, just a little insurance in case uh, Cam Talbot decides to hit the bed in the second half of the season uh, after I drafted him in the first round of the midseason. Uh, and then Most I likely. also moved uh, Johnny, John, yeah, yeah, Johnny Goudreau. Let's not let's not go there. Uh, no. I moved Johnny Goudreau to the Cougars. Um, it was a player that I was definitely going to be letting go um, uh, next year. I, it was just yeah. I, I with some of the uh, pickups that I made over the course of the year. It was not a guy that I was going to be able to keep. So I was more than happy to, um, even though he's playing five games against your brother, uh, I still uh, went ahead and moved him. Yeah. 
for the Cougars second round midseason pick this year in 2324, uh, which I then used on Gus Nyquist. So if we're talking production wise, I got a little bit extra uh, in the way of points and was able to snag a uh, the Cougars third round entry draft pick in 2425 coming up in next year's draft Robbery. which uh, I didn't have that was which I didn't have no. so Brian didn't so need yeah. to do that I think that was a favor I think was that a little reach round right there that's what that was I think that's what I don't think that uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I I wouldn't say that was a reach round whatsoever but I, what I will say oh. is there was um no uh, well listen sorry to disappoint <laughs> but if, if you I mean if if I'm being honest here we did have a little back and forth I actually came to him with a uh Second round uh, entry, he came back at me with a fourth, so we met in the middle with a third. Okay. Um, he wanted a, to do a coin flip. I was not going to do that. Oh, so my God. We just uh, we just went ahead and made That's that deal. Awesome. So, uh, listen, I mean, coin listen, flip. I mean, he, he's, uh, I, I think I think for, for him, I mean, where where I kind of see it for him is, listen, he is taking a little bit of a, a, a gamble, um, you know, yeah. hoping that... Uh, Hoping that he, he, I think he's hoping that he gets moved, but, and that's quite possible. I mean, uh, with the, the situation, uh, the way it is in, uh, Columbus, uh, with a 30 year old sitting there, you know, making what upwards of 9 million a year, I just, you know, I, maybe he's around there for another year or two, but I just, I yeah. just see Johnny Goudreau being moved at some point, especially with the salary cap going up. Um, maybe somebody makes yeah, a little bit of that's room good down point. the line for that, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. But I, I certainly don't think it's a bad move on, um, on Ryan's part. I mean, for let's, let's call it what it is really for a third round entry. Really? You're right. His hands on, he, he ends up getting his hands on Goudreau. You know, is there a little bit of, uh, you know, he's in Columbus, so that's all I need to say about yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but we do know what, what Goudreau's capable of. Absolutely. So, you know, in all reality, if I'm being very honest, then yeah, I'm probably biased a little bit here, but I do, do think it's a good trade uh, for, for both, for where we're at. For, for where, where you're both at, it does make sense. Where I can see it. Absolutely. Because, yeah, Goudreau could easily, if Goudreau was to find his, his, uh, his game again, the way he played in Calgary, well, then, fuck, that third round is now looking like a steal. And I mean, so. And then, and, and then, I mean, to a certain degree, right? I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, you got to you got to figure he's going to be more productive than the way he has been in, in Columbus the past couple of years here. Like, yeah. there's still some game left. The guy's For not sure. 38 yet, not, right now. Uh, that being said, you know, uh, maybe when he hits his next hot streak or whenever he kind of you know gets back to to normal production, I don't mean 115 points. I mean like. 82 83 to 45 kind of you yeah. know what i mean that kind of deal maybe flips him i mean the guy's you know true a little higher in age there he's over the 30 mark so and maybe it's a case where yeah. you know where uh down the line he ends up flipping him so uh there's a couple of that trades that happened there over the course of the uh, of the draft um w which is still ongoing here uh and i'm going to finish yeah. things off um and then hand things over to you marty if you have anything that you want to add I'm just going to go over the oh, current good. CFHL standings, basically at the mid-season point, uh, if you will. I mean, in all reality, I think maybe we're a couple of weeks away from the actual mid-season point for our, our league, but we're getting close. Uh, Apocalypse are sitting atop the the, uh, the league at 11-3. and three. Uh, The Royals sitting there at 10-4. and four. Uh, I, myself, with the Dragons are sitting in third at 9-4-1. and one. The Pond Hogs uh, round out the top four at 7-6-1. Uh, bottom four start off with the Cougars at five and nine. Buccaneers kind of jumped a couple of spots here uh, with their win last week. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, when it comes to uh, points four, uh, they uh, they leapfrog the Demons. Um, 
whether that was a good thing or not, you can debate. I mean, especially he was not happy. Draft. I mean, <laughs> okay, so there you go. Um, right, right, right out of the horse's mouth, or somewhat of the horse's yeah. mouth, or the, close to yeah. family, family member, Fam- family yeah. member. So there you go. Buccaneers are sitting in sixth place at uh, four nine and one. The demons who are at four nine and one as well. But as previously mentioned, uh, the Buccaneers have more points for, and the Brigands are bringing up the rear at three nine and two. You're welcome. Marty uh, Marty is in a full rebuild. Oh yeah, uh, adding to his adding to his draft capital and stable of young uh, young players. Let's um, be clear so though. Be see. I've done a hell of a job. This is not going to be very. This is not going to be a very long rebuild at all. I'm back in it next year. I'm looking forward to no, next year's I'm, draft. I am ready. Well, you're certainly uh, adding some any any holes that you had before in that draft are filling themselves up quite nicely over the last pretty well gone here. So. Yeah, uh, and you you hold the first round pick, so it's not like you're out of the first round. You're you're definitely in there sniffing around, so you're good there. For sure. Um, hey, listen, Marty. Unless you have anything else to add, um, that was our no, check good. my fanny segment with the old CFHL. I kind of feel like I, I kind of, kind of hogged all that segment a little bit. So, you know what we're gonna do? Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> we're gonna go over to the beauties. We're gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna go over to the beauties and the beast, and we're gonna start off with Marty's selections this week that seems like a fair trade-off thank you very much sir so we're going to start off lately i feel we've been doing a lot of uh these sleepers people like you know for fantasy managers sort of look out for that probably weren't necessarily on their radars i'm just going to start us off with something that's probably on most of people's way but anyways matthew kachuk finally fucking figured it out so like deservedly this, so though deservedly so oh absolutely matthew kachuk has officially stood up he's got seven goals seven assists his last six games and florida just got a whole lot better uh, and i know they recently lost their their winning streak and they lost it to new jersey i believe it was right um yeah uh yes i think so but that don't mean shit man florida's got kachuk back are you kidding me this team was great without him for how long we talked about it last week like they essentially bought themselves all the time in the world and basically were like matthew kachuk will be fine he'll figure this stuff out this is now starting to look like matthew kachuk like playoff performer ready now this is where florida can take that next step that next step because of matthew kachuk he is that difference maker he is that leader both on and off the ice he is their heart and soul he will push that he doesn't have to push the offense but he absolutely can push that offense he's quite frankly a reason why you win the cup. He's that kind of player. He's the Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche. He's the Connor McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers. Matthew Kachuk is that important to Florida. Can they win without him? They prove that they can. Sam Reinhart, where the hell have you been? But they don't need to worry. Now they've got Kachuk on board, and here we go. We're going to take it off. Seven goals, seven assists in his last six games. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a great place to start right there. Marty, we've said it before and we'll say it again. I mean, you know what you're getting with Matthew Kachuk in regards to production. That's foregone conclusion. The guy's solid uh, as a rock, no issues there. What you're getting as a bonus with this player endlessly is intangibles. And you said it, it's playoff Matthew Kachuk. That's all it needs to be said. And when you're getting that guy, he is a locomotive train and he is hard to stop when he is on that game. And and you're getting that right now with this player. Um, before I continue, everybody enjoy this moment with me. Hey, Lennon, stop dribbling the basketball. I'm still recording my show. Thanks, bud. (laughs) 
Sweet. So he got yeah, Love it. his teeth hurt, but not enough to stop dribbling the basketball in this bedroom, which is just right above me. A little, <laughs> little behind the scenes too, like there right there, baby. Uh, all right. So next up, Vincent Chokat. Sorry, Trocheck. Right? I'm saying it. Trocheck, you, you very got much. it. All right. Yeah, yeah you got, got one it. right. How about that? So four goals Ooh, and five yes, assists sir. in his last seven games puts Trocheck right at the point at game mark. Uh, playing with Panarin. Uh, Panarin. I'm agreeing with you now because it got, it's getting rude, okay, I think, because I have to respect the fact that this is who he is. <laughs> so anyways, playing with the bread man will do that for, to most players. But honestly, he's performed at this pace in his career before. He tends to have great seasons sandwiched between a few mediocre ones. So it honestly looks like this is the year for him because he's very much at that point at game pace. He seems to be staying there. I honestly expect him to land slightly above that point of game. I'm not saying he's going to get near 100. I'm just saying I I would I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see an 83 or 85 point get, uh, season out of him this year. I think that's kind of where I'm feeling with him. He's riding that top line and that second line uh, second line even strength top line power play and New York is just an offensive juggernaut at the moment, so why the hell not? I mean, if if he continues to be deployed in the manner that he's being deployed, Yes, point per game. Yeah, yeah. I, I stays healthy the whole nine yards. Uh, continues, yeah. no problem. I agree. Point yeah. per game, and, and I see and it. I think you're, I, you're pretty much right on the nose there, Marty. Like like a literal point per game, or like that 83, 84. And if he doesn't hit it, yeah. we're talking like 80, 81, 79 ish. Like he's gonna be right in yeah. that window. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. gonna be his best season by far. And you know what? Yeah. This, I mean, this is the type of player that can. Kind of give you that push to that championship. I mean, absolutely. He's not. He's not the, the top end guy. Like, listen, Panarin, the flashy name, right? Mm. This is this guy is just kind of getting it done. I mean, I've kept an eye on him the whole first yeah. half. You know, this 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 is a guy that that does help you win those championships, both in real life as well as in fantasy and. In real life, I do have to mention this guy is ridiculous on faceoff this year. I want—I can't remember what what it really, is. I yeah. want to say he's right around sixty, if not a—I don't want to say above, but he, he's pretty high up there when it comes to the faceoff percentage, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, listen, Vinny Trocheck, man, have a year, buddy. Sixty-two point five percent, actually, good call. Holy, the next Patrice Bergeron. Settle down there, geez. Whoa, that's royalty. Whoa, that's royalty. Hey, excuse, excuse me. All I, excuse the me. only last thing I want to add about, about Vin, Mr. Vincent Trocek um, is also that his first season at 64 points, 22 goals and 82 games in New York was a very decent one. And right in line with when he gets traded, it kind of takes him a season to sort of sort of get his yeah. get his bearings kind of yep. thing. And he's right there for that explosive because he did have a 75 in Florida before. Carolina, I feel he he got underused. It wasn't exactly where he should have been. But his first season, again, 43 and 47. But then his second season, 51. More goals as well. So now I think he's he's, he's kind of in the perfect spot to succeed. So I, if, if you don't have Trocek or if you're currently in a midseason and it might be your pick next. Maybe you want to give him a look if you don't have any New York Rangers picks or players. <laughs> Not to give anything away. To tell, are you trying to tell me something? No. I'm not I'm not telling no, you that no, if you no. don't, I will. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna re Fair I'm enough. gonna rebuild. Fair Relax. Enough. All right. So Vince <laughs> Vince Dunn. 
Proving that last year wasn't yes, a fluke, Dunn is poised to pass his totals of last season, currently on a run of two goals, three assists in his last five games. He's been rather consistent all season long, and in leagues that reward goals like ours does, he's actually just a smidge above a point a game. Eight goals and 27 assists with 35 points in 42 games. Not too shabby, even when you're not in that situation like we are in our league. So Vince Dunn is showing that last year, like I said, not a fluke. Seattle lately, um, oh gosh, what's that goalie? Their goalie who's... Decord. Uh, thank you, Decord. So, uh, Dakar. All of a sudden, like, Seattle is, like, right back in the mix. They're right behind Edmonton. For as long as Edmonton has been playing really well, Seattle's kind of been yep. quietly doing similar things. And now I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but is uh, Seattle not on some sort of a winning streak as well? Oh, they were snapped yesterday. It was slapped. If I'm not mistaken, it was like an eight... It was like an eight-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken. Not 100%, okay. but it was right in that, that wheelhouse. Right in that wheelhouse. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It was a nine-game winning streak, and it was snapped by and Pittsburgh I've, last night. Niner. There you go. Nine spots. So, so you see everyone's talking about Edmonton. Everyone's talking about Florida. Not that many people talking about Seattle. So, and Vince Dunn is one of That's those reasons. Like, like, not only is he good defensively, but he's bringing you a lot of stuff on the offense as well. So, seriously, if you've got him in your league and you can protect him for the next years look at it look at protecting him for a long for i really wish i hadn't let him go i should have taken my own med or my own advice but vince dunn is definitely a, a hardcore keeper man just go for it because he's uh he's earned that that uh, that that spot on your team at this point now Ugh. i mean the guy the guy is, is starting to show us his potential i mean you know, he, he was always kind of there. He saw flashes of it in St. Louis, but I mean, yeah. he's kind of really taken off here with Seattle. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going Mar to, Marty's basically giving you the whole uh, deal here, but I mean, he's really kind of solidifying what he did last year into this year now. So uh, you, as a fantasy manager, you feel even more comfortable kind of putting him up there with kind of the great to maybe even elite, depending on how far you want to go with it uh, in regards to that kind of category. But uh, Vince Dunn, I mean, he's money right now for you. Yeah. Someone who is not at all my beast. Oh, my oh God. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now, listen, this fucking guy. I stood up for him last year during the playoffs, man. I was like, you know what? This is who he really is. He's been held back his whole career, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. All of it. I'm such an idiot. I fell for a hook, line, and sinker. One goal, two assists in his last six games. I don't think we need to wonder anymore. There isn't anything else to this guy to this guy to figure out. This guy's game basically shit. If he's not playing with the top guns, he's not going to get you much in the way of points. From a fantasy manager's perspective, drop him. Drop him until he becomes the top six guy, or if he's in a contract year and he's got something to push for. In other words, if he's not getting what he wants, he won't produce. He played amazing last year for the Jets in the playoffs, but like like I said, but he knew he was leaving and wanted to give himself the best opportunity to go wherever he wanted to. Right now, be it a personal personality reason or a talent reason, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. He's not doing anything for you managers out there. So at this point, I say drop him. He's way too inconsistent to keep, and I'm done with it. I'm telling you right now, he's the next player I'm dropping, and I traded hard for him, um, but I don't want him. He's a waste of space. 17 points overall in the season. That's what he's gotten in L.A. And that's where he wanted to go. He's supposed to be super happy. He got the contract he wanted. He's doing shit. Nothing. I mean, for, for me, quite simply, when it comes to Pierre-Luc Dubois, I will say this. You get drafted to Columbus. You want out of Columbus. You get out of Columbus. You go to Winnipeg. You kind of want out of Winnipeg. You play well enough to make sure that you get your cash and then get to go to L.A., which is where you want to go. 
And now here we are at the midway point of the NHL season season. And this is what we have right now. So my assessment is this, Mr. Dubois, if you want to be taken seriously in any kind of way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. you better start changing the optics of your career. Period. Like I, I just like anyone and their dog, his parents, his family members included. It's all there for everyone to see all of mm-hmm. it. So listen, Ale stepped up. Yeah. Big time. Um, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do here. You gotta, you gotta hope that at the very least at season's end, if this is, continues and 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 he doesn't have a well he's, he's not going to have a great year no. anyway the guy would have Too to late. have a ridiculous second half <laughs> to even save anything yeah. you would have you would have to hope that a a well-respected man like rob blake is the gm of the, of the kings sits him down and says yo yeah like we're we got another seven years here and i'm telling you right now like you, you better you better pipe up here bud like, this it's not going to be a fun conversation. No. It, dude, it just isn't. It just is not. I don't know how, like, I'm, I I don't know what kind of uh, ways that Ali could get out of it. But either way, I'm not going to ramble on about this. This The optics of this guy's career to this day are horrible. And he is, not only is he not helping himself, he is starting to dig himself his own grave right now. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know how Ali could get out of that contract. I just don't know. But with the way things, well, are it's going to be hard. The first four years, years of this contract, if anything, if anything, it's right now. They trade them right now. If they can try and do that right now, because he's got no clause starting next year for the next one, two, for the next four years, he's got a full new no movement clause. But after that, in twenty twenty nine, he's got a modified no trade clause. So that would be when they can look at getting rid of him. But at that point, you know, Kopitar is gone, and that was always the talk, like, right? This like is Huberto, this is Huberto level right now. Oh, this that's Huberto level right now. I agree. So, so. something's got to change and I'm sorry, somebody in that Kings organization, I really hope somebody of, of, of uh, high respect sits this guy Mm -hmm. down. Listen, I'm not saying that Todd, uh, Todd McClellan isn't uh, uh, respected throughout. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying some big dog in that organization, sit him down and say, dude, like, sorry, bud, dude, we got something going on here. We got something going on here, and I'm telling you right now, with the way things are playing out in Winnipeg, this everything oh just looks optically horrible oh, right so now for bad. that. Just horrible all the way around. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm not going to continue with that. that. That's the end of that yeah. there. We'll, we'll move to something a little more positive. All right. And we talked about him on several occasions at the start of the show. Sam Erson out of Philadelphia. Um, guy's got 19 games right. played, 11 wins, 5 losses, 3 by overtime. We talked about it earlier, 2.33 GAA, 9.10 save percentage. He has three shutouts. He's 6-2-2 two two in his last 10 games with a 1.90 GAA and 9.30 save percentage. So, yeah, talk about pushing Carter Hart for playing Damn. time. There it is right there, bud. Yeah. Um, and, and it's only going to benefit both of those goaltenders. It's only going to benefit them yeah. and by, uh, by association, the organization. Um, Flyers, like I say, are in a great spot with them. Uh, with those two young net miners. It'll be interesting to see if somebody does grab the reins a little bit over the next, let's say, 12 months, maybe, you know, uh, 18 months, and and, and solidifies himself as that true number one. Um, What will be interesting for me in regards to Urson, I mean, Hart's kind of played full years, right? So he he knows the grind, and he knows this is the kind of the dog days of it, right? Urson maybe 
isn't as well adapted to that. So what will be interesting to see is how his second half of the season True. goes. And, and of course, you know, we're, we're upon that now. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out over the, uh, the course of the second half. Sam Erson, you are my first beauty, uh, beauty this week. Number two, Blake Coleman. Um, gotta say, gotta say, being honest here, this kind of crept up on me a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, and, and this has kind of continued here through those those last two weeks. And, I mean, it gets hard to kind of walk away from it. I mean, guy's got 43 games played, 19 goals, 18 assists for 37 points, plus 23. Like, Calgary? The way the way that, that thing's been going this yeah. year? Plus 23? Yeah. <laughs> like, 16-44 time on ice. He's got 15 points in his last uh, 10 games played, 8 in his last 5. He's one point off his career high, 38 points, and there's 39 games left to be played. Uh, enjoying uh, uh, second line duty and uh, power play two as well. I I personally see him thriving under uh, Coach Ryan Huska. Now I mean uh, he what Huska wasn't my pick. Uh, we talked about Mitch Love at length and how some of the youth that that was coming up and that he coached probably could have you know uh, grown together so to speak. But I mean. With with the the numbers Blake Coleman had last year and the numbers like obviously, and and it's not like he's getting first line duty here, like and it's not like he's getting close to twenty minutes. He's under seventeen. Yeah. So something's kind of clicking. I I think there there's a nice little relationship going on with him and and Huska. He trusts him a lot. Um, you know the guy's tied right. for fifth and plus minus in the NHL. Right. Pretty pretty sweet streaming option at at this point too because sure. again, Blake Coleman isn't exactly a shiny kind of name, right? Uh, so I mean, no. you know what, Th- this guy, this is the type of guy that you can kind of uh, plug and play here over and it, depending on what you have, if you got injuries, great. I mean, he may already be scooped up on, on a number of, uh, daily fantasy or in most fantasy leagues, but if he's sitting there right now, you get him in there. I mean, he, he's productive. If you got that injury, throw him in there for a couple of games. Uh, he can't do you any harm. Um, Blake Coleman, your number two this week for beauties, bud. Number three. Oliver Bjorkstrand. So we're going back to the kind of Seattle Kraken well here. Um, 42 games played, 12 goals, 12 assists for 34 points. He's an even plus minus playing 16-32 a night. Nine points in his last 10, five in his last five. Dude, he's playing on one hell of a third line. We've talked about that third line before. Um, And that's hit with uh, Yanni Gord and Eli Tolvanen. Nice um, players, and all three of those, and all three of those players on the team's second power play as well. And Marty, look, I mean, I'm not going to go over like an X and X and nose thing, but we, we, you and I have talked about these types of lines before, and they always tend to be these, these kind of third lines, right? Because your first yeah. and your second kind of provide that offense. But if your third line can be kind of pesky, you know, chipping, chipping with some offense uh, from time to time, uh, I, I mean. You know, Yanni Gord has got, if I'm not mistaken, Gord does have some uh, um, Stanley Cup experience uh, with the uh, with the Lightning as yep. well. So, Tampa. I mean, I don't know if he yeah. has, a, I don't know if he, ha- I don't know if he has a cup out of it, but I do know that he's had some long playoff runs, so he knows how to get it done. Uh, Tolvin in a little bit of a shooting score kind of deal right on that line. Bjorkstrand kind of yep. a facilitator uh, more than not. So, all three kind of complement themselves really, really well. Um, I mean. The guy's just underappreciated in Columbus, uh, or sorry, was un- underappreciated in Columbus and Seattle. He's a super mm-hmm. great source of secondary offense, and he's that type of guy. 
that can kind of jump onto that top line in a pinch if need be. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. say you got an injury maybe to Matty Beneers or something. I know that's probably a bad example because I think <laughs> one's a wing, one's a centerman. But let's just, you know, for argument's yeah. sake, you throw a guy on the top line, right? So uh, he's that guy that can kind of mess around first, second, third line type of deal, and he's on that great third line right now in Seattle. So Oliver Bjorkstrand, you are my third beauty for the week. Um, my beast? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. Uh, there was a lot of hype, obviously, and, and well, well deserved yeah. um, leading into the year. Uh, but man, things have kind of hit the skids just a little bit here. And we are talking about Trevor Zegras. Um, yes, there was a contract holdout, I believe, at the start of this year, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there have been some injury uh, issues as well. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm understanding of all of that too when I when I do come down to this, but. You know, with just the hype and everything that was kind of around him and everything, you know, anybody who kind of nabbed him in, in a draft or, or has him uh, on their roster, you know, you're certainly expecting more than what we're getting right now. 20 games played, four goals, three assists for seven points. He's a minus five and 17, 19 time on ice per night. Uh, he does have five points in his last 10 games, three in his last five. Um, but like I say, I mean, kind of reverting back to his first couple of full years here in, in the league, uh, after two 60 plus point seasons, it's been kind of disappointing in regard to the production that we've seen. Um, again, like I say, I understand that there's been some things that have kind of put a kibosh on the start of his year and then the injuries to, to boot. Um, but yeah. I mean, again, you know, there's just, and, and I think for me, a lot of it has to do with, there's a bit of a vibe going around him right now, right? Like. There's certainly yeah. a lot of trade chatter uh, with him yeah. uh, in oh, regards yeah. to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Um, and of course, with them uh, drafting Carlson uh, in last year's entry draft, uh, McTavish already being in the stable and, and you know showing what he can do. And then them going out and getting uh, Cutter Goatsey in that deal for uh, Drysdale uh, over the past week as well. So you're starting to really solidify this center ice. Um, so, you know... I mean, my question kind of is, is has Trevor Zegers become expendable uh, to a certain extent here? And are we going to see maybe a deal uh, down the line? But I don't know. What uh, What are your thoughts on that, well, Marty? You think, uh, you think Zegers could be moved here? He's currently out with an injury. We'll say air quotes injury. Uh, I, and I'm not saying he's not mm -hmm. injured. Um, but the, yeah, I yeah. think there's there, there could be the play here. Like, all right, maybe he was always injured. He never really, maybe really fully recovered from the last injury. His current one, I had to dig a little deep to find it. It's apparently an ankle injury. They're saying six to eight weeks. So it puts him back somewhere around near the end of February. Um, several teams are saying, hey, this would be a good fit for us. Like the Flyers are saying, like Tortorella has already been asked about him. And he's already said he seems like a terrific kid. Uh, Calgary has been talking about potentially going out and nabbing him as well, which seems like a bit like out of place. Um, but, you know, if you're rebuilding, uh, you know, Zegras is a good place to start with that. Uh, the Islanders is another team that's, uh, that's I, I guess, come knocking as well. So, you know, this is where I'm wondering, is the injury really that bad? You can hide as a team. You can hide behind that injury. Sit him down for a little bit. Make sure he's 100%. Have some discussions. Let him come back and let him know, by the way, we know you don't like it here anymore, so we're going to do our best to ship you out. I know Pat Verbeek is 
His style of play was very different. He's doing a good job out there. He is. He's doing a good job. I don't. I actually don't mind what he's doing right Me now. Me neither. I do see a direction with the team, um, but he, I know he favors players who have a bit of an edge on the way he did, right? Like he wasn't just, Pavarbeek yeah. was a phenomenal uh, hockey player, but he wasn't all flash and pretty goals and stuff. Like the guy can get in there and get dirty. Zegers doesn't. Yeah. So in my opinion, as a GM, you tend to build a team around what you're, what you know as being best, especially if you're a hockey guy, especially if you're a successful hockey guy, like the way Pat Verbeek is. So I think there's an element here to suggest that Zegers just doesn't fit Pat Verbeek's future for the Anaheim Ducks, and he'll be more than happy to ship him out. So he's going to do the best possible job of doing that. So he's going to protect him longer than maybe he should in terms of an injury, with, which may or may not be that serious. And then when he comes back, he's going to let him know, listen, this is your opportunity to shine because we're going to try our best to ship you out. And if you want to go to the team that if you want to have any say in this, go out there and fucking earn it because this is your opportunity to go where maybe you somewhere else where maybe you would prefer to be because you, it is it isn't here for the last two years. You've not two years, sorry, for the last year and a bit, you've kind of seen that. Like you you brought it up there, like the contract dispute that was weird, right? Like the way it got all handled, mm, or like yeah. it just felt like is there animosity here? And I think there is at this point, especially actually, you know what? More so now than it was back then too. Um, it didn't help. So that'd be my opinion on that. I think he is going to be shipped out. And I mean, to, like to finish off here, I'm going to kind of jump all over the, uh, the cutter Gochi and uh, uh, Dreis, uh, uh, Drysdale deal. More importantly, uh, my question to you, Marty, um, what is your feeling in regards to, Pater Gauthier and how this all went down, um, how he didn't want to kind of play for the Flyers in the whole nine yards. I mean, listen, I'll shoot out my opinion right quick before you uh, we get into yours. I, I Listen, I don't have a problem with it. I understand how the Philadelphia Flyers could feel a little bit spurned, and I get that. And listen, if somebody did it in my – like, listen, if Lane Hudson said, you know, I, I just – I don't want to play in a Canadian city. I want to play on an American team. And I lose out on that, that's going to suck balls. It's just going to suck balls. Yeah. But what are you going to do? I mean, Marty, you have the right to go out and look for another job if you're not happy with something. I have that right as well. Now, their jobs just happen to be, yeah. uh, uh, you know, in the in the limelight. They happen to be with pro sports teams. We get attached to those pro, pro sports teams. Listen, uh, do I like the way it all kind of goes down? Not necessarily, but the overall brass tax of it. Do I have a problem with Cutter Gauthier? No, I don't. If he, if he, if for whatever reason, for whatever his reasons are, if he didn't want to play for the Philadelphia Flyers, no problem. And I love the way that the management team handled it. You don't want to be a flyer. See ya. We want somebody who wants to be a flyer. And that's exactly the way it should be. Um, you're, you, you, all, all to you, the, what do you think? I, I've got no issues with him wanting to leave. I've got no issues with how management held it or handled it. Sorry. Um, they did the best they could with the terrible situation. And quite frankly, in my opinion, they came out on top um, for now. For now. <laughs> uh, uh, hindsight will be 2020 once the cutter goalie actually gets out there and shows us what he's really made of. Now, this is where I have an issue with it, though, right? In my opinion, and this is just what I would do. I would never, ever go out 
and suggest if 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 the team I'm I'm currently uh, employed by wants to go out and say what they want to say, I let them all day long. I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about what's best for me and what's so I'm the one who started all this, but it was behind closed doors. Management decided that they're going to open the door. It this is how it looked like for me for now anyways. I think unfortunately Cutter Goatsey is going to have to explain himself to the to the Flyer faithful. Um in a sense of like anytime he goes into that building now, they're going to they're going to be pretty loud. Oh. They're, they're going to yell. It's, it's not going to be pretty. It. And he knows and he, it. Absolutely he knows it. And he's going to have to wear it. It is what it is. Now, rightfully or wrongfully, uh, it, is, it is what it is. He's a, he's a kid at the end of the day. In my opinion, again, that's why I just, I would keep every, I would keep my mouth shut on all of it. I, would, I wouldn't have said a damn word. I wouldn't have said that there were things that happened. Like he said, what was it? There were things that happened uh, behind closed doors that I didn't like and it happened multiple times. At first I was excited, but then things kept happening and it soured me and I did, just didn't want to be there anymore. All of that, yep. keep that, keep that shit close to the chest, man. That's for you. That's all it is. You can go out and say anything else, but don't don't go out there and put a target on your back because now when you come into that building and I know some mitigate it, mitigate it. Yeah, and I know some people thrive off of that kind of stuff and that and there's some and there's some truth to that for sure. But it's just from for me personally, I wouldn't go out and purposely put a target on my back for every time I walk into Philadelphia. No. It's unnecessary. Especially in Philly. Especially in Philly. It's just unnecessary. You didn't need to do anything. You want it out of Philly, no problem. You've got your reasons for it, no problem. And that's what you can come out and say. I've got my reasons for what I wanted to leave. Management knows how I feel. We came to a mutual agreement. It has nothing to do with the city. I think it's a great city. It's a great organization. But it just wasn't the right place for me. It just wasn't the right fit. That's all it was. And you can say that, especially in today's day and age, you can say that because your feelings matter now more than they ever did before. You say that your feelings yeah. are not where the Flyers want them to be, and you say that in 1975, you're going to get laughed at. That's a different time for sure. But you can say that now, and it's justified, and it's completely fine. If you want to go play closer to home, that could be what you say, and everyone's going to support you, and it's all good. But to come out and say that things happened... Now it raises a lot of questions. Now there's a lot more uncertainty. But you also shot down uh, the Philadelphia Flyer organization on your way out. And that's not going to sit well with, the, flan with the, um, the Flyer faithful. So just be careful on your way out that you're not completely burning that bridge. Because fuck, who knows? Maybe someday you want to go play for them. And now it's just going to be awkward. <laughs> Anyways, that's just how I feel. Well, I mean, well. Well, I mean, Anaheim got themselves a good one. They so, did. You know what? Yes. We'll see how this all plays out for for both organizations over the next little for while. Sure. And uh, and yeah, Cutter Goche, you uh, you are the main uh, news uh, of the week, basically in in the uh, in the media. I mean, that got tons of play, yes. tons of play. Yes. But you know what? Uh, there you have it. That's uh, episode sixteen of uh, Two Galag again, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Very nice. And again, we'd like to thank our we'd like to thank our uh, sponsors, Kings. And and please be sure uh, to head over to wherever you guys listen to your podcast and give us a rate and review. Nice. Uh, we sure would appreciate it if you don't yes, mind. Yes, thank you. And uh, we will be back again uh, next week as usual um, with another couple teams, I'm sure, to uh, talk about and, and delve into. But uh, until then, uh, we will sign off. And that is it for episode size. Size. Merci. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. 
If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G A L A G. Thanks for listening, and until next time. 